Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. Well, it was a frustrating uh, performance yesterday at Middlesbrough, a 1-0 defeat, but I still think there's a few positives to take from that match. Um, joining me yesterday on that journey and today is Eric Oregard. Hello, Eric, how are you? Afternoon. Excellent. And uh, Sam Stevenson has also joined us. How are you, Sam? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, so kind of, um, are we all feeling a little bit kind of uh, falsely hopeful or do we think there's still a glimmer in there? What do you think, Sam? Um, I think yesterday's performance, if it had not, if it hadn't come after an international break and a 2-0 loss to Charlton, I feel like people would have been okay with it. Um, we had way more shots. Uh, we defended well. I don't remember um, Cabral having to make that many saves, if any, really. Um, and I think across the board, you'd say, yeah, there were definitely things you could pick out and there were definitely players that could have done better, especially in the front three positions. But generally, I, I think it's still reasonably positive. It's just we've just got to find we've got to score goals. Goals are the issue at the moment. If we can sort that out, fine. But we're we're playing well enough um, everywhere else. It's just up front um, creativity, all that stuff. Yeah, I'd, we'll obviously talk more detail about the match in a minute, but I think the goals will hopefully come. Um, one of the major talking points before the match, after we'd seen the team lineup, was the changes that uh, Jose Gomez had made. And that was uh, Pele dropping out and also Puskas and Jao coming out. We also saw so Mate coming in for one of those players. And we also saw Boy come in and Rinomoto. What did you make of those changes, Eric? Yeah, we, we got the team news just outside the, the stadium, didn't we? And I was a, a little bit underwhelmed. I think interesting hearing afterwards that it, he criticised Joao and Pushkas. Um, and then he also mentioned the fact that Pushkas had played um, two games for Romania. I think fatigue could be one thing, but... The fact that he criticised him against Charlton, I thought was quite telling and a little bit strange. Because um, for me, if you're spending that amount of money on both strikers, Jao and Puskas, you should give them a bit of a run in the side regardless, almost. And yeah, I thought it was a bit odd. Um, obviously, uh, Mate and Boye, it didn't make a difference. We still didn't score any goals. So I suppose the jury's still out. Yeah, I'd... I wasn't really, no, I definitely wasn't. I didn't quite understand what the planning was there. I think we need to give those players a run. And I know there's the international break, but these are fit individuals and we haven't got another game for another seven days. So it's not incredible backlog. Um, what did you think of their performances, Sam? Um, the players coming in? Yes. Um, I didn't think any of them performed particularly well. I didn't think they were awful, but um, Rinomota's the one for me that... that he does worry me at the moment. I feel like last season with Baker next to him, um, he had the freedom to to move the ball forward. Um, and he, you always had that anchor man in there who could break up play. Um, he could go off running all over the pitch, trying to win the ball back. And, and the midfield didn't lose shape. But he just doesn't seem to work without that kind of player in there. Hopefully Pele could be that kind of player with a, you know, given a bit of time, playing together and, um, you know, on the training pitch and that that side of things. But Rinomoto worries me. Mate, um, I think you're always going to get the same from Mate, right? Like, he'll put the effort in. 
one week he'll score a worldie, the next week he'll fluff like an, a five-yard pass. Like he's just that kind of player. He's always going to be inconsistent. Um, he hasn't played that much this season either, so I guess it's not that surprising. But um, he chased everything. He did work hard. I didn't think his movement was particularly great, but you know, um, it, it is what it is. Um, and Boye again, I think he just, I think he ran a lot. I think he chased a lot. I think he did. He did all the hard work. He did a really good job of like you know winning the ball back and knocking it past his man, but then he'd overrun it and lose it too easily. Um, again, that could just be you know lack of playing time, lack of playing with teammates and knowing where they're going to be, and and just getting used to the championship. Still, you know, it is a different league. Um, everyone says that's a cliche, but there definitely is a level of aggression that you don't get elsewhere. Um, but you know, none of them were terrible. Um, but Rinomota is the one who genuinely does worry me a little bit because he really doesn't look the player he was last it's, season. Um, yeah, it's super interesting with Boye. He's just we we said it several times in the stadium, but he does the difficult bit well, and then doesn't do the easy bit. And it's it just screams of a of a player that's just trying a little bit too hard. Like he he's yeah. clearly got talent. He's clearly got ability. He just seems like he's desperate to impress, and he's trying a little bit too hard. Hopefully, that'll calm down if he if he plays a bit more. But yeah, yeah. One criticism that we did see of him when he arrived was that his final pass wasn't right. But I don't think that is the actual issue, as you say, Eric. He's doing the really difficult bit. But it's normally when he has to give up a really simple pass. It's not the difficult bit he's actually got to do now. He is trying too hard, and there was a he played a critical critical role in the Middlesbrough goal. But we'll come on to that a bit later. So moving on to the game, there was an early chance for Middlesbrough, which we kind of scrambled clear from Liam Moore for a corner. We seemed quite open in this match. In the previous matches that I'd seen, I didn't see at the Charlton match, we seemed a little bit more compact. But teams, Middlesbrough were definitely finding chances against us early. But for the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought we played actually quite well. It was not was not a dazzling performance. It weren't wiping anyone away. But... I don't know, we were getting opportunities and we were not shooting. There was split seconds when we should shoot. There was one from Swift in the 17th minute when you think, just shoot, shoot, shoot. And it takes too long to actually get the shot away. What did you think about kind of like first half an hour, Sam? Um, well, Swift's a funny one, actually. We've mentioned him on here before. Um, when he first joined the club, he was scoring worldies every week. Um, I think he got seven goals in his first, like, 10 or 15 games and most of those goals were from outside the box doing the same for the England under 21s as well um so yeah it, it felt a bit like a game that we needed someone to just unlock the defense somehow we couldn't we weren't finding the space in behind them they are quite compact they're quite hard to break down mm. and I do there was an interview before the game with one of the journalists up there who mentioned that Teams like Millwall, who just boot balls up there, have been really effective against Middlesbrough. But teams that try and play the ball on the deck have really struggled. And it really, you could see, especially later on in the game, as soon as they closed their banks up, we just couldn't break them down. And But from, from the start, they were really well organised. Um, having said that, even, even in that first 30 minutes, we were creating chances. Yeah, um, and it was just a bit of inconsistency for Mate, and the crosses weren't good enough, and you know they were the issues. But you're right, like having someone who can just take a pop shot from outside the box, test the keeper, that kind of thing. We're lacking that a little bit at the moment. Um, yeah, it was a slightly. Yeah, was talk about creativity. I mean, 
Ovi Ajaria, maybe it wasn't his best game yesterday. He was not bad. He was not terrible or anything. But maybe a kind of a six, maybe from Ajaria. For me, what did you think of him, uh, Eric? Yeah, it was definitely one of his quieter games. I think um, Swift Swift played better. But I think the, the challenge is when you have someone like Mate up front, is he, he's just not clinical. Uh, he, he he really struggles. And um, I think Ajaria, when he's got the two strikers ahead of him, Joao and Puskas, I think they they. They just seem to hold the ball up better, and then they can hold it up and bring Ajara into play. Whereas Mate is more of a you, you kind of knock the ball up to him for him to run onto. Um, so that might have had an effect, I don't know. But yeah, he, he was definitely a bit quiet. We didn't notice him that much, especially in the first half. We didn't really see him much of him at all. No, not really. One thing he's talking about the longer passes there to Mate, he had a lot of success against their left back. I thought their left back in the first half was particularly uh, poor, but there were some times when he just had an opportunity to shoot on his right foot. And he does not want to shoot on that right Yeah, side. there was one in particular yes. where he got inside. And I just remember thinking, oh, if you'd shot, it would have been... The keeper, at the very least, would have parried it. Mm. It was it's frustrating. Um, yeah, Mate, I think, will always be a, frust- a frustrating player to watch. Because we know what he can do. Yeah, it's his touch. Sometimes yeah. you see him and he has an opportunity. And he's almost, kind of, not always through all the time. But you just think the defender must be thinking he's going to miscontrol this at some point here. Yeah. I can just wait for that moment. I yeah. don't need to dive in. I can just wait. Yeah, and to, to to be fair to Mate, like you mentioned earlier, Sam, he hasn't played a lot this season, and last season he did score a lot of goals to help keep yeah, us up. So, yes. yeah. even though he's not clinical, I think if a team like we have now with Swift and Ajari, you'd hope that we'd create enough chances for him to stick one away. But it's just not quite falling the last couple of games, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, he specialises in one-touch finish goals. That is what he does. He very rarely scores when he has to touch the ball more than once. So, I mean, that's fine. That's definitely a skill. But sadly, that wasn't the case yesterday. He had to do a little bit more. There was an incident in the 40th minute or near to the area that's a possible red card from Adam Clayton, uh, allegedly, possibly, uh, elbowing Mate. You saw it, Sam. What do you think of it? Um, in real time, it looked like a clumsy challenge. But seeing the replay back, it was pretty, pretty grim. Like, it was a... Running at pace, full on elbow to the straight into like the front of his head, um, of Mate's head. And uh, I think if the referee had seen it, he probably would have at least booked him and ticked him off, but probably sent him off, even though it was accidental, um, because it's it's dangerous, it's silly and dangerous. And yeah, I mean, you don't really hear much about retrospective action anymore. I don't think anything will happen because it was accidental, but it was it was a definite um, uh, horror. Kind of, you know, elbow to the head. It wasn't, wasn't yeah. nice. We we didn't see it in the in the stadium. We we didn't even notice until sort of Mate went off, and there was a bit of stuff going on on the sideline. But the one thing I would say is that Adam Clayton, Scott previous, like he's had some horrific challenges over the years, and that might suggest that there was something a bit untoward about it. Yeah, possibly that could be the case. But the man on the touchline for us, Mendonca, he is, he just uses the plot. I love him, though. I absolutely love him. Well, I know. Why do the referees bother waiting to give me a yellow card? Just at the start of the game, just say, just have it. <laughs> no, you're going to get it. I want, I want that to transfer to the on-pitch stuff a bit, though, because there have been a few times this season where we've had things go against us that the odd players looked a little bit annoyed about. But I've... I don't want us crowding referees, but I'd like us to show a little bit of spirit sometimes when decisions go against us. Yeah. And yeah, he absolutely um, epitomises that, doesn't he? Um, let's transfer a passion. bit of that. Yeah, it's passion. He's the, 
He's the Portuguese Neil Warnock. <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh, God. oh yeah. God, don't put that tag on him. Don't put that tag on him, please. I think I'd yeah. like to think his coaching and his football is a lot better than than that dinosaur. But let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We don't want to have that involved. But it's a real. Um, yeah, you're right. The players, from the players' reaction from that kind of elbow, possibly. I didn't feel like it was one. And you're right, Sam, our players don't get in the referee's face. And sometimes you need to do that. But it does change their decisions. Like yeah. I know referees are supposed to be impartial, but if you've got an aggressive crowd going at you all game and aggressive players, as long as you're not receiving yellow cards for being, you know, crossing that line, definitely influences the referee. Definitely does. Um, and you can't... You can't be the nice guys forever. It, it doesn't work. You lose out. You definitely lose out. Yeah, you do. Nice guys don't win, do they? That mm-hmm. is the moral here, isn't it? They just don't. You need to be an arsehole. You need to be <laughs> Yeah, that's what you need to be. A proper, well, 100% shithouse. So, <laughs> or, a half time. Or just, or just take, take your chances, and then you don't yeah, need to change yeah, your Yeah, no, chances are frustrating, <laughs> There was yeah. none, there were there were talking about the chances in the first half. There was none of them when you think we must score here. They weren't at that level. No, there was uh, a there was Mater had a shot on his left foot where we thought just just put your foot through it and it was a bit lame. And then Swift had a sort of bit of a run on the edge of the box and it was a left foot shot which was proper weak. You you feel if that was on his right foot it would have had a real chance, but. Yeah, it is. The, the one from Mato when he should have shot on, the, on his right foot, that was the biggest chance, I feel. Well, the, I think but, the cross to Pushkas was probably the biggest chance. If he'd, if he'd actually hooked yeah. his foot on that and... Oh, that's later. It. That's second half, though. Oh, that's, we still uh, in the first half. That's second half. <laughs> no, the, we can get into the um, uh, bad memories I've got of that moment uh, on a four <laughs> and a half hour journey home with Eric yesterday. <laughs> um, uh, so, at halftime, I kind of... I was hoping, and I don't know what everyone else was thinking that we were going to make at least one change up front. And I would have gone for both of them because Jao has an impact when he comes on. And if he's been kind of, the manager's had a slight go at him from the sounds of it, from the comments he made, he's motivated. And when he came on, he did make a difference. But I was hoping that that would be the difference because we needed someone to hold the ball up. And with Mate, you're not going to get that, as we discussed. And Boyo was okay. But I still think Puskas has got a better ability in the uh, box. But that didn't happen. And then we kind of drifted a little bit in the second half. Both teams had some opportunities. There was no clear golden ones that we thought. So obviously, Middlesbrough had a goal disallowed, but that looked like it was clearly offside. Yeah. Then we come to the 58th minute when it all starts to unravel. Boyer tries, gives a trick, goes past the player. You're thinking, now give off a nice, simple pass to Rinomoto, who's about two or three yards away from you. And instead, he tries to do another flick, goes to a Middlesbrough player. They get it up the park. Morrison then makes another mistake, I think, with his tackle. He doesn't need to go diving in as much as that. The booking doesn't matter. You know, that's just part of the game. But the fact that he gives away a free kick when he doesn't need to from an experienced player, I thought that was disappointing, Eric. What did you think? Yeah, going back to sort of half time, you made a really interesting comment, which was one bit of quality or a mistake. And I think. That was the difference in the end, wasn't it? There was a couple of mistakes from from us with Boyer and Morrison, and and arguably also then the missed chance by Pushkas later on. And that's what you said to me. You said one bit of quality between two or three players, and we, you know, it's there to be one. And unfortunately, it went the other way, and we we made a mistake. So really frustrated from Boyer and and possibly Morrison. Like you say, you don't need to dive in. Um, 
And then I think also, was it Mate that, that lost his man on the free kick? So it was just mistake after mistake after mistake and then a goal, which is usually what happens when you make three in a row. Yeah, it was so frustrating because there was, I mean, I don't think we can put any blame on to uh, the goalkeeper for that one because I don't think you can do anything about it. It's so close to him. Um, I don't know. Where do you think that we can possibly go after this one then, uh, Eric? I'm not quite sure. What results we can kind of be looking at, hoping getting in the next couple of weeks? I mean, um, it's going to affect morale, isn't it? We're going to the other detail in a bit, but it's a morale issue with the players, isn't it? Because we don't seem to be able to come back after we go behind. Yeah, I think I think from from that point to be, I mean, we we did play okay, so hopefully morale isn't too affected. We have a nice home game next week, and you know, it, uh, in the sort of fanzine that we released this week, I, I called it a must win if we want to do anything of significance this season at home to Blackburn. So I still think that's the case. Uh, probably even more so now with two defeats on the spin. That is a very good reminder of the fanzine. If you haven't looked at it, you should check out our site <laughs> cheap, and cheap have a look bug. at it. That is some in-house advertising. <laughs> Loads of people have put some really good articles in there. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump it up. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> people put work in there and they deserve to get some people looking at it. So yeah, the game was moving on. And then finally we did make the substitution in the 67th minute. <sighs> Okay, this was not the substitution I was expecting. I was expecting Puskast and Jao to come on. But to see McIntyre and Rinomoto go off, what were your thoughts on that one, Sam? McIntyre was on a yellow and he's still inexperienced. So it didn't surprise me that much that he looked to get him off because he had made a couple of challenges since then that weren't yellow card challenges, but he was pushing his luck a little bit. Um Rinomoto, I think, have been ineffective. The problem I have with those changes is that you're completely changing the shape. We were creating chances. Um, and by doing that, you're opening up the midfield, you're giving them the space to play. And yeah, it does mean we stretch the game and we might be able to get in behind. But that suggests that the game plan wasn't right to begin with if he thinks he needs to go and change it that much. Um, and it's a real shame as well, because I, I really did think the way we were playing, if, if Zhao and Pushkas had come on and we kept creating chances, the same cadence we were before, um, before we switched everything up. We actually probably would have gone on, at least created a couple of goal-scoring opportunities. But um, but yeah, it really stretched the game at that point and it, it, it didn't didn't work out for us, in, in my opinion. Um, we weren't out of it, but we gave them the opportunity to, to you know, find space in behind us. The, the defence had to readjust. Everyone across the pitch had to readjust and it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of criticism for those kind of his substitutions also against Charlton, playing Mate as a wing back as well. Um, I don't know, what do we think of his substitutions in general? I wasn't happy with that one yesterday. He goes for the reasons you just give him He likes to sorry, just I was just gonna quickly say he does he really likes to throw on as many attackers as possible when we when we're losing. It's almost I know he says I know what I'm doing and I'm the only I know the players better than anyone else and you know and, that, and that's all well and good but it does feel desperate sometimes when he's yes. just you know throwing attackers on in positions that they definitely aren't used to or don't fit just to get more of them on the pitch. Yeah, it feels yeah. like the old uh, skulls and kind of Gerard Lampard situation, doesn't it? How do you get them all on? Well, actually, they yeah. all need to be on the pitch at the same time, so it won't work. Yeah, it's, and uh, the interesting, so, the interesting thing about doing that in the championship is that a lot of championship managers is exactly what they expect, and 
as soon as we made the changes, Woodgate made another change to to sort of combat that, and we we looked wide open. I think it just yeah. last week against or a couple of weeks ago against Charlton and yesterday, just screams of a, of a little bit of panic. You just think we were playing okay both times. We maybe one change or something, but don't change the whole system. And you know we ended up with our two central midfielders being Ajari and Swift. Neither who are, you know, known for their defensive capabilities. So it just left us unbalanced and, and quite open. We're, we're pretty lucky that we didn't concede, you know, a couple more potentially. Um, and obviously Charlton did did the same thing. They punished us because we made those changes. It just feels like a little bit panic for me. Um, you just rather he stayed a little bit patient. There was still lots of time left in the game, in both games. So you think there's still a chance. So just give it a chance with um, with what you've got. I think that's one thing that he's possibly got to change, though, like for those reasons you've both given, is that he's going kamikaze too early. And as much as we might get back into it, what are we going to do? We're still going to have too many attacking players on the pitch. So you're almost going to have to change it back again. So you're going to have to make a third change. So I don't know. It has worked, and there have been some games when it's worked. Wigan, we had a last season, we had loads of attacking players on the pitch, and we managed to turn that round. But... Teams know this is going to happen. And as you just said, Middlesbrough made a change straight away after we did just to counter it. So they were banked up. But points after we made that substitution, they had eight players in front of their own penalty area. It was so Honestly. tough. There was yes, no really um, and, and yeah, just throwing extra attacking players on isn't going to unlock their defence. You need creative players in there. Um, and it... And the fact that we didn't really have anyone on the bench that we could bring on to, to necessarily change that suggests that it probably wasn't worth rejigging the whole side uh, to try and accommodate extra attacking players. It's just not going to work. It's too simplistic. We were really narrow as well. And we, we don't have necessarily out-and-out wingers in the squad anymore. Um, and looking at one point when, when we did make the changes, the fullbacks can't push up as far because we're, we're in a back four. So they need to you know, be a bit more conservative and that just takes any width away whatsoever. I said, I made a comment during the game at one point, I, look how <clears> narrow we are. There was no one wider than the 18 yard box, which is, uh, then makes it super difficult, right? To break them down. Yeah. Someone, it was, it was, it was just think, just keep it as it was. And we could have well got something out, but despite that, we did have two, um, late golden chances. First of all, from Puskas, um, Richards manages to get forward in the 85th minute, gets across it, and he kind of fires it at Puskas. But as a striker who's cost us so much money, he's got to be ready for that. You know, this is not... The fact that he does not even get it on target, and he just looks technically poor for me in that situation, it worries me slightly. And what do you think, Sam? Um, I think, like you said... When Richards gets into that position, as a striker, you've got to be thinking he's going to try and get it into the box. I don't know how it's going to come at me, but it's going to come into the box. Just looked like he wasn't expecting it at all. And he just kind of swung at it, completely missed. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't like falling back on the old like, oh, he cost a lot of money, so he should be able to do more kind of, you know, argument. Um, and I do think I do think in the long run, we will see a lot from Prishkas. I think he's shown more so on the international scene, but also against Cardiff, like what he can do. Um, but I think players like Pushkas, you, you know, you still want to see more. Um, and and a chances like that, I mean, that's the second chance now in two games that I can remember that would have turned the game round. 
Same against Charlton. He had a, a one-on-one just before half-time and he put it high and wide. Um, he didn't even hit the target. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating um, because you need... If you've got a player like that and you're going to spend that much money on somebody, you need them to be getting 10 or 15 goals a season. At the moment, it doesn't look like he's going to, he's going to hit that. Um, unless he starts, you know, goes on a run, maybe he will, maybe he will. But um, I guess to kind of caveat all of this, even though the squad have now had like a month or so together, it's still a fairly new squad. And we we did say that it's going to take time for them all to bed in and understand how they're all playing and, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I think it's not panic stations with a player like Pushkas, but I definitely think like he's going to need more time than we think. And we shouldn't let like the the national press and the plaudits that he's getting on social media um, across the board get, uh, get to us. And, and you know, and maybe 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 we overrate him slightly and we need to give him time to bed into, even though he cost the money he did. I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if you agree, but... Yeah, maybe. I mean, something that I saw about him when he arrived from a Romanian uh, football follower was that he's a wrecking ball rather than you won't get much delicate touches from him. So that goal that he scored in his first match, I don't think that would be the typical goal that he's going to score Mm. or the second one. I don't know. He just... But one thing you see with strikers, if they get a goal and they get one like that chance that he had later yesterday against Middlesbrough, all of a sudden the next chance is so much easier. Yeah. So maybe once he's got one of those, maybe when he's got a one-on-one, it will just free him up. So, yeah, he's definitely not all less not worry about, you know, to get, you know, majorly concerned that we've wasted our money on a player. He's shown quality against much better teams than the one he played yesterday. You know, yeah, he and- played really well against Spain. These are not... Yeah. He's not a bad signing. For me, it's, it's, it's pretty... Obvious, in my opinion, we spent five million or whatever it was on Joao and a bit more on Pushkas or whatever. Just play them. We took them out against Huddersfield as well. You know, Pushkas didn't play against Huddersfield, and you think if you're in and out of the team, it's much much harder to get your confidence going, get a run going, get that goal scoring touch. Just play them, give them a run of games. I know international break and what have you, but like you said, Paul, they're fit players, and he clearly isn't injured, so. Just, just I, I've heard he actually. I, someone did say he had a toe injury or something, which I. Really? Yeah, I know. I know people will bulk at that, but but the bottom line is, I think I think um, it's quite clear that whether it's working or not, and whether we're seeing the end result of it, Gomez is definitely a tactician, and I think he likes to set up to. He does. He's not doing what Stam used to do and saying we're going to play our way and that's it, and we're not going to change. It feels like Gomez is trying to set up to stop or counter the opposition. Um, and that means that we are going to see players rotate in and out, and it's not always going to make sense to us as fans. We're going to be like, but he played a blinder last week and he scored a hat-trick. Why is he not playing? And there will be things. It's always easy as a fan, right, to be like, yeah, he should be starting, this guy should be starting. I do think in the perfect world, you'd find your system that works. You'd overpower all the opposition in the league. You wouldn't need to change anything, and you'd only rotate players out if they pick up an injury. But I think the way Gomez is as a manager, he wants to try and shape the side to to match the opposition we're playing. And I think that's why we're going to keep seeing these changes going forward, possibly. Yeah. Fair enough. It's just that particular striker position. It's, it's easier to get a run of, of, of goals, isn't it? When sure. you've got a run of games. If you're in yeah. and out, it just makes it harder. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think Gomez does that. Uh, the one thing I would say, we, we still had, was it 60% possession or something yesterday? So, yes. you know, we, we, we did have quite a lot of the ball. Um, 
We had yeah, almost more, more, shots, more right? shots, more corners. Oh. Yeah, you know, it wasn't really like this kind of backs up what I was saying about well, I don't think it was a really poor performance, but the the one moment when I thought that we were gonna actually score a goal was the Lucas Jow header. Now Darren Randolph, I'm beginning to dislike you. You seem to have good games against Reading. You are a quality goalkeeper for the championship. There's no doubt on that. He's a good player. Um, he also made a save from Lucas Boyer slightly early in the 77th minute, but that was probably one he should make. And he made one from Swift from a free kick, but that was kind of straight at him. But the one from Lucas Jow kind of got me almost off my seat. And, you know, that's never good when you see the save. And you hear the crowd, the opposition fans reacting, oh, it's an amazing save. And you think, no, <laughs> I dislike you. <laughs> I dislike <laughs> you intensely. Make a mistake. But, yeah, that was that would have been the perfect way to end. It was a brilliant header. And John Swift, who I thought had a really good game, despite the result, his set pieces throughout the match were excellent. Yeah, OK, he had a couple that weren't perfect, but it was one of our major threats. And last season, his set pieces were so poor. And now I think he's consistently playing well. And I thought he was our best player yesterday. What did you make of him yesterday, Eric? It's uh, Swift and that ch- late chance for Lucas Jair. Yeah, I think Swift, I think the the clear thing is that he really suits this system. You know, he has a bit more licence to, to, to go forward. And um, you could see he, he, he plays with more confidence and his set piece taking is a lot better. And uh, yeah, that ball we put in for for Joao, it was whipped in, wasn't it? And yeah, just a great save. It's un- it's unlucky. I I kind of feel like we deserved a draw almost the way we played. Um, and yeah, we we thought that was the chance. I, I probably felt that Pushkas' chance more than than Joao's was the one where we'd score. But uh, yeah, what a save! It was, and he made more saves than any goalkeeper in the championship yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that kind of indicates that we didn't have a terrible match yesterday. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's more like it's contextual more than anything else. It's like, okay, if we hadn't lost to Charlton and we hadn't had the international break, we might have gone into this game and thought, okay, like, you know, we had way more shots. We barely conceded any real clear cut chances. The keeper didn't make many saves. Um, So that's a, it's just unlucky, but it's, it's because we were on that high and then we lost to Charlton and now we've lost to Middlesbrough. And, And I've got a, I've got to say, I, I'm not a fan of people who say we shouldn't lose to size like dot, dot, dot. But I didn't think Middlesbrough were great yesterday at all. No, I really, they look like a shadow of the team they've been in the last few years. Um, and I did think they were there for the taking, given how we were playing. And it was just our inability in front of goal um, that really cost us. Because if we played that way and put two chances away, they weren't going to score more than the free kick that they had. No. So it, it really was... It really was one of those games where, you know, you, you shouldn't come away from it and feel super despondent. Like, it's just it's just one of those things that happens in football and it's positive yeah. anyway. Sometimes I really hate football, though. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah. You it gives you great highs, but sometimes you think, why do I bother? Why do I yeah. I think the one thing I would say is that we, we played, we played, definitely played better yesterday than we did against Charlton, in my yeah. opinion. I thought we, we looked like we could score and um, we didn't really look like conceding. Um, so, you know, let's not be too negative about it all. Obviously, it's frustrated and we need to um, pick up some points before long. But I think we definitely played better yesterday than, than a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. and coming on to kind of a despondent, there was a kind of a, I wouldn't say it wasn't major, it wasn't major at all. 
but a little murmuring about Gomez and uh, things. Uh, people saying, would you be happy if you finished in certain positions? And stating the fact that we've uh, not got many wins this season. We've spent money. Will the owners be happy? Um, I don't know. Uh, personally, from my point of view, there's absolutely no pressure on Gomez yet. When we made all these signings, I said, I'll give it until at least November to see how we're doing. We're yeah. essentially having a pre-season for the first two or three weeks of the season we were in the actual game time. So to get a couple of wins, ease that completely. We're 17th in the table. If we get another win, we're going to be completely mid-table, probably, if we beat Blackburn next week. It's not a disastrous position. If I look at how we're playing compared to the last two seasons, we look way better. And we've still got more to come with Jao and Boye and Puskas all to come in. we got Miaska to come back as well. And he will make a difference because McIntyre's OK. And obviously he's a Redden fan and all these kind of things, which is great. But Miaska is better than him. Yeah. You know, that is not a slight on him. Tom will definitely get better over a period of time. But I don't get the pressure myself. Other people have different opinions. What do you think of the pressure, Sam, being built um, on? I think it's crazy. I think, um, but but it's the way things happen, right? These things snowball on social media. Um, I think the only reason we're talking about this in any shape or form is because of the signings we've made in January, because expectations should be to survive based on the last few years. Um, so I know everyone goes into new seasons with hope and all of this. And Gomez hasn't done himself any favours, to be honest, talking about promotion. No. Um, he should have just kept quiet and said, we've got a good side. Let's see what we can do. But saying, you know, this side should be getting promoted or, you know, we're going to... Amongst that kind of chase, yeah. It, it, that, that's the issue... And, and it was unnecessary pressure that he's heaped on himself. But um, as a fan, like we're still playing reasonably well. Yeah, we've had a few bad games this season. But, you know, once everything gels, if if come January we're in the same position and we're not picking up results and we're consistently losing games, maybe we revisit it. But at the moment, like it's it, who are you going to get in? Who's going to make a change? Like that that's the other thing you've got to think about. It's all well and good saying get rid of the manager, but there's no one on the market that's going to come in and and take a squad that's not theirs now that this is Gomez's squad um it's just all crazy talk it's absolute crazy talk and people listening thinking oh we spent a lot of money which is a fair point we spend a lot of money for our context yeah but I think the clubs that will be up there at the end of the season generally it's not always the case Norwich did it from nowhere so it's not impossible is the teams that have been established and built their squads over the last two, three years, there'd be yeah. obviously a, maybe one team that just dropped down from the Premier League. And those squads cost a hell of a lot more than ours. I mean, I can, there's areas in our squad with our team now, and you think, yeah, they're okay, but they definitely need more quality, really. Yeah. You know, it, it just, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a worry to think that some of our fans are thinking we should be finishing top six. Uh, I, it's, I it's manager, like I said, the manager didn't need to say anything. If he hadn't have said anything, it's the same thing I said about Gawley a few years ago when he was talking in the summer uh, about money we had to spend and all of this stuff. And it's like, then when we didn't spend any money, everyone said, what's going on? It's the same thing. It's why? Why do it? Why raise those expectations when you don't need to? Just keep quiet, do your job. And it's one of the few things I've been, since Gomez has come in, I've been really happy about the way he's galvanised the 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 team and the fans and got, you know, it's felt like we're getting our club back and all of this stuff. And 
this just seems so unnecessary. It's one of the few things he's done that I've actually thought, why, why are you doing this? It's, it's just doesn't make sense. Um, and so, yeah, it, but hopefully people forget about that and, and actually just stick with the manager and the team and we push on and, and people forget about that nonsense. Yeah, I think, I think the Miazga thing shouldn't be underestimated. We basically didn't concede in open play, did we, until Miazga got injured no, in the yeah, last couple of games. Yeah. Lyle Taylor definitely was targeting McIntyre, you could tell. And although yesterday, you know, he didn't make any, any obvious mistakes, I just think with Miazga, we just look a bit more assured with that back three with Miazga as part of it. And, yeah, and um, it's nice, like, putting all the blame on Tom Maptak, it's clearly not the case. No, absolutely not. No, no absolutely not. No. But just, Miazga is a, is a real quality operator. He's already played with Liam Moore, you know, for quite a few games last season. Yeah. Morrison is an experienced player, you know, he was captain of Birmingham, etc. So, you know, I just think with Miazga, we just look that little bit more solid. You know, he's a, he's a quality operator. And in terms of the Gomez chat, I mean, we... Let's not go on to it too much, but we know the local media love to uh, love to criticise Gomez on any given opportunity, and uh, I think it's uh, it's bonkers. We're in the middle of September. Uh, give it a rest. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's way too way too soon to be going in on him and saying, you know, what has Gomez actually done? Well, he kept us up last season, and that was huge. I was certain we were going to get relegated. That wasn't that long ago. Um, you know, you can say whatever reasons that happened, or maybe we were lucky, maybe we were this, but it doesn't matter. I think we were safe by seven points in the end, yeah. and we stayed up. It doesn't matter if you're lucky or not. If you say you're unlucky and go down, well, we could be playing League One now. I know some of our fans would probably like that because they take off some new grounds, but for me, no. <laughs> That's a definite no. Yeah, I so, agree. Yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see how it goes. Obviously, if we keep on losing and start to play poorly and not creating chances then obviously we'd be worried and we can easily change our opinion on that. That's how football works, isn't it? It's kind of, you have to be pragmatic. But we've got Blackburn next week. Uh, Blackburn are kind of, they're three points above us and I think they're in 12th position. So that's how close it is. Yesterday they win 2-0. If we win yesterday, all of a sudden we're only two points behind them and we're really in mid-table. That gap is so small. And if all of a sudden we're in 10th, 11th, 12th position... Will people be saying, oh, it's time for him to leave as much as when we're in 17? It just won't happen. It just won't happen. I can't see that. Mm. But Blackburn will be a tough game. As we know, no game is easy in the Championship, especially when you're Reading Football Club. How do you think it's going to go, Sam? I just, I don't know how it's going to go, but I think it's important that we get a result um, to turn the tides a little bit. We've had a few dodgy results now. Um, obviously, we're playing OK, but we're at home. Blackburn are a good side, but they're probably, at the moment, a similar level to us. Um, so I, I think, given that we're at home, we we should be looking to beat them. Um, and I think if we don't, that's you just start that snowball effect, you know. And you start to the more bad results you pick up, the the harder it it gets to turn those results around, and the more pressure mounts on the manager and fan sentiment changes and you get that negativity back in the stadium and we just want to avoid that as much as possible. So just get win one nil. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, just that's what we need. Um, we Anything. just need to turn this run of results around. Yeah. No, no, ideally I'd like to see us win with the um, Puskas goal. And then that yeah. kind of like shuts down some people slightly, including myself. <laughs> myself so. <laughs> That would be good to see. I'd like to ease my mind slightly on that. So what do you think it's going to go like, Eric? 
yeah, I think if we play like we played yesterday, I think we've, we've got a good chance. I think Blackburn will set up to frustrate us and um, hopefully it'll be similar to the, the Cardiff game or, or Huddersfield game where we, we, you know, we looked pretty damn good. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope that happens. And we're talking about a win this time next week. So thanks a lot for listening. If you've enjoyed it, subscribe. And if you could put an, a review on iTunes, that would be great. Uh, we'll be back next week. And, uh, yeah, let's hope it's a better one. And that is a lot <laughs> shorter journey. So that is already cheering me up. <laughs> okay, then. thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye.